Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And this is the program, as we just said, that helps you turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and definitely helps you to make your dreams come true. Today, we're talking about exercise, but we're talking about exercise for the busy person. You know, how do you sustain diet and exercise when you're so busy in today's world? So we have an expert with us today. My guest is Tyler Martin, and he is a certified personal trainer. And he is a former high school wrestling coach and collegiate level athlete. His innovative approach to fitness and behavior change enables him to stay in fantastic shape while managing a demanding life as a full-time marketer, business owner, researcher, writer, and husband. And he's really, he's talking about how can we get in great shape with minimal efforts, but also get those major benefits. We all know that physical fitness is crucial to long-term happiness. Unfortunately, we weren't born knowing how to get and stay fit. And there's so much information and contradictory approaches that only makes it really more frustrating. So welcome, Tyler. Hey, Patricia. Thanks for having me on. Great. And his new book is The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. First question why the title, The Friction Factor? (laughs) It's a great question. So friction is actually a term that's sometimes used in psychology. And it's a concept that I use to refer to the inefficient use of time and energy. And it's really in any kind of process. In this case, we're talking about fitness. And the reason that I emphasize this concept of friction so much is it's kind of the forgotten piece when it comes to behavior change and building habits. Usually when we talk about how to make lifestyle change, and particularly when it comes to exercise and nutrition, we usually hear things about how do we make exercise more motivating? How do we develop more willpower so that we can make the changes that we want to make? And what we usually don't talk about is how do we make these behavior patterns as repeatable as possible? Because that is actually the key to building habits is repeatability. If you can be repeatable and consistent, mm-hmm. things start to become habitualized. They start to feel automatic. And mm-hmm. then it's almost like you don't have to think about them. You're, it's just part of your day-to-day routine. And so my whole approach to fitness, whether it's nutrition or exercise, is let's find as many ways as possible to eliminate friction, to increase repeatability and ultimately build habits. But how do you help someone who just says, I don't like to exercise and I don't like all that healthy food. How do you, how do you help them move over? Well, you know, I mean, it's definitely a two way street. I mean, if, if somebody's wants the benefits, you know, to some extent there's give and take there. You've, you've got to, you've, you've got to make some concessions that some change has to be made if you want to get a different result. right? Right. Um, and I think that's important. And most people get that. I think mo- most people understand that. And I would say in most cases, when somebody says, you know, I'm not interested in exercising or I'm not interested in eating healthy foods, it's probably because they've had negative experiences trying right. in the past. So it's right. not that, you know, I, I don't want to exercise or I don't want to eat healthy. It's more 
the ways that I've tried to do this in the past didn't work for me. And so they're skeptical. And I think that's where you have to come in and challenge some assumptions and say, I'm going to show you a different way to do this that you've never tried before, completely different approach. And I think that's what's really different about what I try to do. I really try to look at this as a different type of problem. In my view, fitness is a time management issue. It's not really a motivation problem in most cases. It's not really a willpower problem. So I tell people this all the time. They're, they say, hey, you wrote a fitness book. And I'm like, yeah, I get kind of. I did, but it's actually a time management book. And it happens to be about fitness. And so that's my whole approach. So, so Tyler, do you feel then, having said that, that everybody should exercise at the same time every day or whenever they do it? Well, uh, so... I have a principle about this. The principle is that you want to find the window of time that's going to be most repeatable for you and also that's insulated to some extent from the distractions that come up in everyday life. And I think that for most people who live or work a normal nine to five type schedule, mornings tend to be the best time to do this, even if you're not a morning person. And the reason is that if you can make a habit out of getting your exercise in first thing, before the world wakes up, the chances that other priorities are going to pop up and start to compete with that goal of exercising is going to be much lower. Um, and so you're going to have a better chance of being consistent over time. So that's why I'm an advocate of, of morning workouts. And the one other thing is that there is some research out there that says that in the mornings is when we have the most bandwidth for making difficult decisions. Our decision-making capabilities are highest in the morning. And so I always tell people, hey, if, if making the choice to exercise is a difficult choice for you, especially in the beginning, you want to make that choice in the morning when you've got the most psychological resources to help make a good decision. At the end of the day, you're on an empty tank. Your decision-making capabilities are pretty low, which is why I think a lot of people get home and they say, oh, I'm just, I'm exhausted. You know, I, I don't have mentally and physically, I'm, I'm just not going to make it to the gym tonight or whatever the case may be. So that's why I think for most cases, morning workouts tend to be better in the long run. And do you suggest that people go to the gym or can they do it at home? Can they use Peloton? Mm -hmm. Do they need different types of exercise? What, mm -hmm. what would you say? So uh, my, my whole approach to this is always, you know, it's really focused on the busy person. So I want people to get the most bang for their buck out of their time um, because there's a million ways that you could get a good workout, but what's the most time efficient way to do it? Mm -hmm. And I think that the number one point, one of the, one of the biggest, I'll say number one point of friction for most people is the locality where they are. So the proximity between where you are and the place that you're exercising because if you think about it, even if you're doing a short, you know, 45 minute workout at the gym, yeah, but it takes 15 minutes to pack your bag, 30 minutes to get there, then you pack up. I mean, by the time you do the math and actually look at the length of the whole process, you're talking about at least an hour and a half, two hours, if not more than that. If you live in a big city with, with heavy traffic, it could be even worse. So the reality is that fitting that into your schedule on an everyday or, you know, frequently is very difficult. So I recommend finding a way to exercise at home. Um, you can, you can even work out, you know, in a small micro apartment, you know, that's 400 square feet. There are ways to make that work. I think that's one of the biggest barriers that you can remove is just proximity to where you're exercising. So would you suggest that people buy weights or they buy, um, yeah, what, what would you suggest they buy for equipment, particularly mm -hmm. if they're in a small space? 
Yeah. So it, it really, there, a lot of this has to do with a, what are you comfortable with? You know, what are you familiar with using in the past? You know, what's your budget look like? Because yeah, if, if you want to go crazy and build a, a fancy home gym, you can, but that's absolutely not necessary. Um, I, you can actually get everything that you need with just a cheap set of rubber resistance bands that you could really? probably buy for $40. I mean, that's actually what I use when I travel. I, I do like free weights. So I have some free weights at home that, that I've used for years and years. But when I'm on the road, I've got a little bag of resistance bands and I've been out for three weeks before and all I've used was resistance bands. And um, it, it really doesn't matter, you know, is it a machine? Is it a free weight? Is it a band? Especially when it comes to things like strength training, what matters is that you're putting your muscle groups under tension for enough time to give them adequate, um, you know, to stimulate adequate, adequate um, resistance. And so if you're able to do that, you know, essentially you're doing the type of work that's required to get a good workout. So I think if you really limited on space, a combination of body weight exercises and resistance bands can be all that you need. So when you say, um, you know, that you do these exercises so you feel tension and resistance mm -hmm. in the muscles or friction, if you will. Does that mean that the last two or three or four reps should be difficult? Yeah, they should. Um, and the reason is because the body has multiple um, metabolic systems, so ways of generating energy. And we we usually here, when we talk about exercise, we hear people say, okay, I'm doing aerobic exercise or cardio exercise, or I'm doing strength training exercise. Um, and these are actually different, um, energy systems. So when you're, when you're doing, let's say you see this quite a bit, people using really light weights, um, where they're able to do, you know, 50 reps. If, if you're, if you're using weights that are or if a level of resistance, that's so light that you're able to continuously do reps, yeah. you know, for minutes and minutes and minutes on end, you're not actually reaching the point where your body has to change over to a different energy system. So even though it may look like you're lifting weights, you're actually doing cardiovascular exercise. You may be elevating your heart rate, but you're not stimulating your muscle fibers to say, oh, we need to change to a different fuel type. Um, so that's called anaerobic mm exercise. So it actually which, is a which could be okay system. for certain mm -hmm. times, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, because you do need to do both cardiovascular and strength training mm -hmm. exercise. But when it comes to strength training in particular, the guidelines for people of all ages is that you need to exercise your muscles and bring them near to, um, you know, muscular fatigue. So that just simply means whether you're doing 20 reps or 10 reps, the last one or two should be challenging. You should say, okay, I probably couldn't have done one or two more. And you know that you got close to that point and you've mm -hmm. stimulated that muscular um, energy system. So you feel that really anybody, regardless of their fitness level, could follow this plan? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and the reason for that is that it's based on principles. So it's not saying, you know, you must you know, exercise with, you know, certain types of equipment or do a certain number of reps. It's really just about, you know, we all have the same muscles, whether we're male or female, you know, young or old, really doesn't matter. We've, we're, we're all kind of built on the same, um, the same blueprint, right? And so it's really about, from a strength training perspective, it's getting those muscle groups under tension for an appropriate amount of time so that we're fatiguing them. Um, and then from a cardiovascular perspective, 
you need to be doing something to elevate your heart rate to get it to a moderate intensity. So it could be running in place. It could be jumping jacks. It could be an elliptical machine. Anything that gets your heart beating faster and sustaining it counts as cardio exercise. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Tyler about advice for people who may be out of shape, but want to begin eating and exercising. We'll talk about that next. And we'll also talk about, you know, injuries. Um, How do we exercise after we've had an injury and get ourselves back in shape? So you're listening to the Positive Living Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. My guest is Tyler Martin, and he is the author of the new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. We'll be right back after the break. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone, and we are back. My guest is Tyler Martin, and he is the author of the brand new book the Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. Tyler Martin provides a philosophy and framework for fitness that fits into even the most hectic life, and it can be followed for a lifetime. He is a former competitive wrestler and coach, 
and he realized that staying fit would be a significant challenge after he retired from athletics and embarked on a demanding career in marketing and business. In 2010, he began the serious endeavor of trying to select and implement the most effective and sustainable fitness practices. After lots of trial and error, he developed a system that worked for him, and he spent five years on making that system accessible and adaptable for other busy people. And the two principles around this are, you know, viewing fitness as an overall life enhancer for our whole life and eliminating as much friction or the inefficient use of time and energy as possible. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back, Tyler. Yep. All right. So, um, you know, what about that person that um, just doesn't have, they're maybe out of shape and they want to begin eating healthier and exercising. Yeah. So uh, what I always try to do in the beginning is, and maybe this is something we break into two parts is because uh, I think there's kind of the top things that people can do to, uh, to get started, which we can talk about. But what I want to emphasize first is that I think the most important thing when you're talking about making lifestyle change, especially if you're busy, um, and you don't have a lot of time for these things, and you maybe feel a little discouraged because you you've struggled in the past, or maybe you've just never exercised or attempted to to eat a healthy um, diet before. I think what's important for people to understand is that at the root of it, the most important thing is building the right habits and routines so that you don't have to think about all this stuff every day. Uh, there was a, a study I was reading about recently that actually showed that. Over 43% of our daily behaviors are habits that we don't even think about. And that's the place that you want to get to with healthy eating and exercise. You want it to be something that's just part of your day that you don't have to put a lot of effort into, you know, initiating or executing. And so the secret to doing that is by starting small. Um, and what I tell people is in the beginning, don't worry too much about the physical results. You know, how am I performing or isn't the bot my body changing the way that it wants to? It probably will. Um, just especially if you go from being sedentary to active, all of a sudden there's going to be some change that happens. But I really encourage people to, to, to focus on what are called procedural goals, which means holding yourself accountable to doing the right behaviors every day, even if they're small. If all you have time for in the beginning is five minutes of exercise a day, start there. You can build a habit out of a five minute workout. And once that starts to feel easy and automatic, you're going to be much more likely to come back and build on that over the time. It takes about 66 days of repetition to turn a behavior into something that starts to feel automatic. So if you can kind of hang in there for that period of time, it does start to feel easier. What about food? You know, a lot of people, and you know, we have a lot of sugar in our mm -hmm. foods. We have a lot of carbs. I mean, there's a lot of things that taste good, but are addictive and aren't necessarily good for our bodies. So mm -hmm. how do you help people get off of the junk food, if you will, the soda? Yeah, I think it's an it's an especially interesting mm -hmm. predicament for people that lead really busy lifestyles, because I mean, and I, I feel this every day, I think most busy people do, is you're constantly in these situations at least during the work week where you've got maybe 20 minutes to get a bite to eat and move on to the next thing on your to-do list. And I think the biggest challenge for people um, in that scenario is that it takes a lot of effort to, you know, think about what would a healthy choice look like and to actually do it right. 
that would also take a lot of effort to figure out, you know, what would the right food choices be and the portion sizes and the calories. And usually what we do is say, I, I just don't have the bandwidth to figure that out right now. I'm going to take the path of least resistance and do something that's more convenient, which is usually something that's le less healthy. So I think the top piece of advice for a busy person is that you need to have some go-to options for those really busy moments so that it becomes much easier to make a good decision about what to put on your plate. It takes a little bit of work to achieve that in the beginning. I recommend people sit down for an hour or so and come up with three to five, what I call core meals or go-to meals that are aligned with your, your nutritional goals and so forth, but a meal that you can get together easily, that you feel comfortable eating consistently, um, and once you've kind of done that initial work, it then becomes easier to make a good choice in the moment. And I've got a step-by-step -step process that I walk people through with some suggestions on foods to consider and how to set some goals that are attainable for them to kind of build their meal plan around. Yeah. So <clears throat> when they're building their meal plan, mm -hmm. um, one of the things I wanted to mention is that today, in today's world, and I'm going back even five years there are so many healthy choices you can get in restaurants and even fast food places mm -hmm. where you can get salads, you can get wraps. I mean, things that are healthy. So where I don't think it was that way 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So do you think that makes it easier? And you do suggest that if you're on the run. I do think I do think we're in a better place today than we were. Uh, there are there are more kind of off the shelf, grab and go options right. that are healthier, right. which is even, great. Even bars, health mm -hmm. bars, and nutrition bars and protein bars, they're everywhere. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that, by the way. I mean, is it, is it ideal to always go to a protein supplement versus real food? No, but you know, it's better than the alternative, which, you know, is, is usually the default for most of us. So I do think that there are better options. Now, the one thing that I think is important for people, even though those, those options exist, having a plan um, for, you know, what my, what, what each one of the meals that I eat should look like um, to some extent that needs to be tailored to the individual person. So the one problem with the off the shelf option is that it may be healthy food um, in a lot of cases it is, but is, is the portion aligned with, you know, your specific goal, you know, whether you're trying to maintain weight or lose weight or so forth, there's still an element where you need to be dialed into you know, what's the specific, you know, portioning and calorie content yeah. and all that stuff and for I me wanna, individually. I want to comment on that based on what you just said, because when we go to restaurants, I mean, sometimes these portions, I mean, they're like for three people mm -hmm. and I, I, it's over, it's overwhelming to me. I almost, if I have to order a whole meal, I almost always take at least half of it home. And, you know, I'd like you to speak to that because portion size is also important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, especially if you have any type of, you know, body composition goal. I mean, the reality is that the most common fitness goal is weight loss. That's what most people are trying to achieve. Not everybody, but most people have some type of weight loss goal. Um, and portion control, you know, is portions are not the only thing that matter when it comes to body fat, but it's, it's one of the most convenient levers that you can pull to have some control over that. Mm -hmm. So portions do matter whether you're doing you know, a point system, or you're actually counting calories, or you're using measuring cups, or whatever it is, some type of portion control, you know, gives you the most control over you know what goes in. Mm. And so, especially when it comes to restaurant type meals, like you're mentioning, 
what I really recommend that people do is that another great thing, along with the fact that there are lots of options out there now, there are some really, really good nutrition apps um, that you can use. So I use one called um, Lose It, uh, which there's a free version of. There's one called My Fitness Pal. There's several of them, but these food libraries that are in these uh, smartphone apps have basically you know, every restaurant that shares their nutritional information, you oh. can go find that stuff on there. So for instance, you know, most restaurants, if you're going to go have a meal at a restaurant, you know, a few hours before you could pull that up and decide, here's what I want. And I can see all the nutritional information. So just kind of looking a little bit in advance can, can radically alter the decision you make walking into it. Um, and I, I do this all the time. If I know I'm going to go out to eat with my wife for a, a cheat meal or we're celebrating, I'll still take a look to see, okay, this is what they have on the menu. Um, I might plug it in to see here's what the impact of this might be. And then I can make a more informed decision about, okay, do I, is that what I want to do? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And what about just having fun? Like I want that piece of cake, mm -hmm. I want that ice cream sundae. What about that? Is that yeah. programmed into? So I wouldn't say necessarily programmed, but I think it needs to be done consciously uh, because I mean, for most people, for most people, food is more than just fuel, right? Like most people enjoy, you know, having a good meal with family and friends or going out to a restaurant and, and having, having a treat. And you shouldn't necessarily have to cut that out of your life. I think where people tend to get in trouble with this stuff is that they're doing it frequently and they're not cognizant of the nutritional headwind that they're creating for themselves. So I, a lot of people would be shocked to know that, if you go to a restaurant and have a big meal, you know, like a, a standard American meal uh, at a restaurant is usually like 1200 calories, which is crazy, but wow. that's, 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 that's the average. And so you could actually go have that size meal and the nutritional impact of doing that once a week is actually not that significant. It takes 3,500 additional calories beyond what's necessary to maintain your body weight to gain an additional pound of fat. So the, the problem isn't doing it once, it's doing it four, five, six times a week. And you're like, but I stuck to my diet, you know, 90% of yeah. the time, but it's that 10% that really makes it challenging think, to make progress. It's exactly what you're talking about with time management. It's being conscious. It's yeah. being aware. It's planning, right? I want to have this dessert. So maybe I won't have something else. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I recommend, I'm a big fan of, this isn't the only way to do it. I try to earmark a day. Uh, like for me, I know that when I'm going to see family and friends, it's probably going to be on Friday night or Saturday. We're going to go to somebody's birthday party or somebody's something. And so I kind of earmark that day, especially in the summer to say, okay, this is the day I'm probably going to have pizza, cake and ice cream. So, you know, I know that walking in and I can kind of build my plan for the rest of the week around that. And it still me allows me to maintain or make progress and I can still enjoy the food. That's great. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Tyler about what happens when you are athletic or you're very active and you have an injury or an accident. How do you rebuild back? So we're going to talk about that next with Tyler Martin, who is a certified personal trainer, former high school wrestling coach and collegiate level athlete. And he has an innovative approach to fitness and behavior. And what he's trying to help people do is reach their goals with minimal effort and major benefits. His new book is The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. 
Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. Because everyone can make money in real estate. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. We are talking to Tyler Martin about his brand new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. Tyler Martin provides a philosophy and a framework for fitness, even with the most hectic life, and can be followed for a lifetime. He's a former competitive wrestler and coach, and realized that staying fit would take challenge once he retired from athletics and so and and started a new career in marketing and business. So in 2010, he began the serious endeavor of trying to select and implement the most effective and sustainable fitness practices with a lot of trial and error. So that's what we're talking about. Welcome back, Tyler. Thanks for having me back. All right. So let's talk about Injuries. Now, I know that when people have injuries, they often need to go to a physical therapist or um, or they need certain kinds of exercise. And but let's talk about before that, mm-hmm. because it's it's easy for things to happen 
And sometimes they just happen. Sometimes you just trip and fall. Mm-hmm. But what would you suggest to people about accident and injury prevention? Well, when it comes to preventing injuries, um, I, I think it's important to kind of parse things apart a little bit, because a lot of times when we talk about um, exercise programs and, and fitness regiments, things kind of get muddled together. We, we think about things like stretching and balance and, you know, weightlifting and, you know, dynamic stuff where we're moving really fast and you see these, you know, like CrossFit is very popular right now, people doing explosive movement movements. And there's, these are all actually different types of, of training that don't all fall into the same category. And I think it's important when we're talking about exercise and the, the getting the basic benefits of a physical exercise, that's actually a very specific type of thing. And when it comes to injury, uh, what you want to do is make sure you're selecting the exercises that are the least likely to put you at risk for injury. Um, so there, there are certain types of exercises that are more injury prone than others. And then it all really comes down to, as far as things that you can control, it all comes down to uh, doing the movements correctly. So slow, under control, avoiding, you know, high shearing forces that are going to cause tears and rips and things like that. So a lot of it is technique um, and exercise selection are probably the two most important things uh, when it comes to injury prevention. Mm. What about people who run? Runners? What do you say to runners? Well, I I think it really depends on what are you running for? Because uh, there's, there's definitely a difference between somebody who, who does a short jog, you know, maybe 20 minutes, for instance, 20, 30 minutes, a couple times a week, because they're trying to get the basic cardiovascular benefit. You know, they want to keep their heart healthy and, you know, have some, some metabolic benefit from that versus someone who's training for a marathon or a, you know, a triathlete, something like that. The amount of wear and tear that you put um, on your body, you know, especially your knees and your lower legs, uh, that's a lot of stress that you put on the body. That's very different in your ability to recover from it um, is, is, is challenged when you're putting that much stress on your body consistently. So I really stay in the field of general exercise. And so I think that, you know, running is a good form of cardiovascular, uh, a good form of cardiovascular exercise when it's done appropriately and in moderation. So you do reach a point to where, you know, if you're not a competitive athlete, if you're not competing in races and things like that, when you do that, there's a, a certain level of risk that you take on of getting injured. Every athlete faces that. Right. Um, so I think it's more about, mm-hmm. you know, why am I running? Am I, am I running for performance or am I running just to get a health benefit? Because I think if you're running for health benefit, the amount of wear and tear you need to put on your body is much lower. Mm-hmm. And what about people who've had an injury or they've had a procedure, you know, they've mm-hmm. had surgery and the doctor says, you can't use your upper body for two weeks or no leg exercises for two weeks. Mm-hmm. What, what, how would you get around that? Or would you? Well, I mean, the, the first thing you need to do is listen to your doctor. Um, right. But what, what you can share with your doctor, if you find yourself in a situation like that, is to say, yeah, hey, exercise and fitness is very important to me. I want to stay active. You can ask the question, you know, what can I do, you know, either as a substitute or, you know, you can say, what's the timeline 
that I need to take off so that I can come back and, you know, eventually get back to doing what, what I want to do. And a lot of cases, they may be comfortable referring you to someone who specializes in injuries, like a physical therapist, because uh, a lot of times this will be gradual. They may say, you know, two weeks, you just leave it alone, let your body heal and so forth. And then there may be some, um, some therapeutic type exercises that are very specific to your injury yeah. that will allow you to kind of get back to, um, a place where you can start generally exercising again. But I think it's really listen to your doctor because the last thing that you want to do is cause further damage because that ultimately just sidelines you for longer. What about all the beautiful looking people, Tyler, the <laughs> actors and the actresses and the perfect bodies and, you know, I mean, and and do people get, I guess, do they get intimidated by that? I think we do. It's a, it's, it's such an interesting conversation depending on, <laughs> depending on how you approach it. I, I, to me, it all really comes down to um, really standards of, you know, standards of beauty, if you want to think of it that way, or, or standards of, you know, the ideal human form. And I think sometimes we let you know, celebrities and influencers kind of, you know, set that standard just because it's it's visually available to us so much. It's all over social media, it's in magazines and TV and so mm-hmm. forth. And so I think we just kind of passively mm-hmm. accept that, oh, this is the ideal standard of what every human being should look like. And so even if we're not consciously thinking that way, uh, to some extent, we are evaluating ourselves against that standard. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's very subjective. I think what's more helpful for people to do is to take the context of their own individual life and circumstance seriously when it comes to fitness, because are there some objective standards when it comes to physical fitness? Absolutely. There are, I mean, there are, um, there are biomarkers in the body that we need to keep in certain levels in order to be healthy, to keep ourselves from being at risk for, you know, developing disease or putting ourselves at risk for disease, but beyond those basic general guidelines, general standards for fitness, I think we need to think about what life, what type of life am I trying to live? Uh, You know, what are my hopes and my dreams and my plans and how does being fit fit into that hierarchy of things that I care about? And I think if you spend a little bit of time really assessing that as an individual, you get a clearer picture of based on the type of like life I want to live, how does, how should fitness fit into this? And then you're really in a place to evaluate for yourself. Should I feel good about where I am or do I want to make a change? And I think that's really the secret is, is putting it in context of what type of life are you trying to live? Within your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you talk in your book about managing expert um, expectations. You have also pictures in the book of different types of exercises you can do mm-hmm. strength training fundamentals as well. And then, um, you know, designing your own program and then taking a look at your meal preparation. So you you really do go into kind of the nuts and bolts of what you can do for exercise and, and basic diet. Because everybody, you know, we all have different preferences with diets. Some of us are gluten sensitive. Some of us are dairy sensitive. So it it, it really does depend. It does. And, and what I tried to do in that kind of last section of the book that you just referred to is really give people a tactical nuts and bolts kind of a roadmap because usually, uh, or at least my experience when I started to really get into this field was that there's lots of good pieces of advice that are out there in principles. Like, you know, 
use your time wisely. You know, there's, there, there are all these, I would almost say like bromides, like things that make sense in principle, like, okay, yeah, I, I know I need to eat healthier. You know, I need, I need to be motivated. I, I want to make exercise fun. There are all these kind of broad principles that get floated out there that are very common, but there aren't a lot of really on the ground tactical. Like I kind of think of it as a soldier's field manual for, you know, what do I need to do step by step to build up a process myself that fits my life? And so I really try to walk people through that process of based on my space, where I live, you know, what I'm comfortable doing from an exercise perspective or what I'm comfortable eating from a nutrition perspective yeah. so that you can really personalize something that fits into yes. your life. And I think that's so important. Yes, absolutely. My guest is Tyler Martin, certified personal trainer and former high school wrestling coach and collegiate level athlete. His innovative approach to fitness and behavior change really enables him to stay in fantastic shape while he stays in a very demanding job, marketing and business. And so he developed um, some practices that we can implement so that we can still be busy and, and get results with exercise and with food as well. So when we come back, we'll talk more about the book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. And um, we have a few questions that people have asked, and we'll answer those. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. We are talking to Tyler Martin, who is the author of The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. He provides a philosophy and framework for fitness that fits into even the most hectic lifestyle. And Tyler is a former competitive wrestler and coach, and he realized that if he was going to stay fit after retiring from athletics, he'd have to create a program, which he did, um, because he's very busy, and he also is helping thousands of other people. So welcome back, Tyler. All right. What are some typical questions you're getting from people who read your book? Um, probably the most typical question I get are, what are the top two things that I can do to eliminate friction so that I can make it easier to build habits? And I'll give, I'll give one for exercise and one for nutrition. The top thing that you can do when it comes to exercise is to do short daily workouts. So this is usually different than the way most people learn to approach fitness. Usually you go to the gym three to five times a week, you work out for an hour, hour and a half, something like that. That's what the conventional approach looks like. And what I actually advocate is doing short workouts at home, no more than 20 minutes. They should include strength training and cardio all within the same workout. So this is actually a style of exercise that's sometimes called circuit training or interval training. And the benefit is that you get the benefit of both kinds of exercise all in one workout. So it cuts the total amount of time that you need to spend exercising every week, roughly in half, which is huge. If you uh, live a busy lifestyle, a conventional approach would usually require you to spend four to six hours a week if you add it all up exercising. So if I can cut that down to two, two and a half hours, that's a significant amount of time back in your life to, you know, focus on other things. So that's the number one piece of advice for exercise. And then nutrition, we talked about this a little bit already, but it's having those go-to meal options coming up with three to five options that you're able to get together and that you're comfortable eating. So you can use them in those moments. Maybe it's, you know, on your lunch break at work where you've got 20 minutes to get a bite to eat having a go-to option that you don't have to think about, that you can just get together, you know what the portion sizes and so forth should be. It makes it much easier to put a healthy option on your plate. I think those two things alone for exercise and nutrition um, can really be beneficial for people that are really busy. What about, as you said, the length and the time Mm -hmm. that we spend in the workouts? So the way that this works, um, you, you, like I said, you can save a lot of time by combining strength training and cardio into one type of workout, but it's, it's really unique that the, the way that you piece this together to get the benefits. So I teach people to design a three workout series. So it's three different workouts that you would do over the course of three days. So workout number one, two, three across three days. And then on day four, you come right back to workout number one again and start the whole process over. And so within a framework like this, you actually don't have a typical off day, but because you're doing different exercises each day, you're giving different parts of your body time to recover. So you're never doing the same exercise one day over the next. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a problem with overtraining. And because the workouts are so short, they're no more than 20 minutes. They're going to be much easier to fit into that everyday schedule. 
Um, and just for an example, let's say workout number one, um, you'd have two strength training exercises that day. So one might be some type of a forward pressing motion, like a traditional push up or a bench press, for instance. And then your second strength exercise would be a frontal pulling motion. Like let's say a resistance band row, you would do three sets of eight to 12 repetitions of both of those exercises. But within each one of those sets, after you complete each one, you would do a short bout of cardio. So that could be running in place, jumping rope, but only for about two minutes. And then you would move on to the very next strength training mm -hmm. set. So you're alternating back and forth in very short little bite-sized chunks. So by the time you go through all three sets of both strength training exercise with your little bouts of cardio in between, you'll have done about a 20 minute workout and over a seven day period, that's going to allow you to meet all the guidelines for general health and fitness. But like I said before, in half the time. And so that's really where the benefit comes in is that you can get so much achieved, but in a very short time period. Mm -hmm. But you're very strategic about it, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's, it's individualized because, you know, especially when you're first getting started, you probably will find that even just doing, you know, let's say 10 assisted push-ups or something like that will be pretty taxing. And so, you know, you may say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty winded. I don't know that I'm, you know, have the capacity to now get up and do two minutes of jumping rope or running in place. And so this can be tailored to your ability level. So it may just be two minutes of, of walking. And the way that you can tell if you're um, at, at the right place from a cardio perspective is if, if you're, your breathing is elevated, but you could still carry on a conversation. That's how you can tell that we're in the moderate intensity range. So um, that's where you want to be. That's exactly what you want to be at. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so how about uh, people who want to maintain this, mm -hmm. but slip back? You know, they had a rough weekend or they partied, whatever it was. I'm sure you have clients that come into you and go, uh-oh, mm -hmm. what do you say? Well, what I say is that frequency is the best thing when it comes to building and sustaining habits. So if you can fit that in every day, you're going to be in a better spot. But, you know, we all fall off the wagon sometimes. And I try to give people strategies to make sure that they, that's another reason I say, you know, mornings tend to be best because if you can get it in first thing, the chances that you're going to have a slip up and, and miss a day is going to be lower, but it happens. And when it does happen, the good news is that we don't forget our habits. You know, you don't forget how to tie your shoes or exactly. take a shower or drive to work. So it's still there, but it's, it's kind of back getting yourself back into the routine. So sometimes if you take an extended uh, time off, let's say you went on vacation for a week, coming back to home and getting back in the routine of things can be difficult. If it's too hard to get back to that 20 minute workout, what I tell people start small, go back to the five minute workout. Sometimes it's just about yeah. initiating the activity. Yeah. It's not about how long it is. And then it starts to kind of come back to you and you yeah. can get momentum going again. Okay. How do, what are your closing thoughts? What would you like to leave our listeners with today? I think the most important thing for people to, to take away here is that these principles can work for anybody. So regardless of if you're really experienced or you're inexperienced or you're in great shape or you're, you know, maybe not that this, this whole approach of focusing on building habits can work for you. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that it's, it's just, and it's, it's the most sustainable solution. I, I know so many people, I mean, this, I put myself in this bucket 
several years ago where I, I exercised every day for 15 plus years as an athlete. But then when things change and I became very busy, all of a sudden the way that I learned how to exercise wasn't sustainable mm -hmm. anymore. So what I would really encourage people to do is think about the long term. When you get excited about some new workout plan or some new fad diet, ask yourself the question, what are the chances I'm still going to be following this plan five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now? If, if you think the answer is I probably am not going to be doing it, you know, very far into the future, I always ask why, why, <laughs> you know, unless you have some short-term goal, why not align yourself with the methods of exercising and dieting that you are going to be doing for the rest of your life and focus on that. It may not be as sexy. It may not be as, you know, as flashy, but I, I think in the long term, you know, what's repeatable wins. And so focus on that. Wonderful. How can people get your book? So anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your independent bookstores. Uh, but if you go to my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, uh, there's multiple ways to get the book there. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks Hi. for having me. Oh, it was great. Uh, stay on the line. Uh, all right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. You can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, and like me there. If you'd like to know about all the great guests we have on every month, just send me an email, patricia at patriciaraskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list. And if you would like to create your own podcast, I've interviewed about 5,000 guest experts in my four decades of doing this work. I can help you put that together. And I love getting positive messages out through podcasts. So contact me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.